0: This is the Village Church Q and A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
1: Hey, Village Church! Welcome back to the Village Church Q and A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. We've been in the studio hammering out all kinds of things in the last couple of days, so we're just going to ask the question: Should we study end time theology? And again, I, I gave the terminology for it a few few podcasts ago:
0: eschatology. Should we study eschatology as Christians? Does it really matter? It's a great question. So you hear the people say all the time, they're like, um, I don't really pay attention to how it's going to work. Out. I just believe it's going to work out. And I don't like getting like, into this divided stuff. I don't like studying Calvinism or Arminianism or different views <laughs> of baptism, pedo infant baptism, whatever, believers baptism. It's just, I just really want to make sure all I, all I know is the bare minimum. So I don't have to think too deeply about anything. So was that a rant? No, 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 no. I'm caffeinated. It just hit me. So here's what I want to say. I have probably spent more time in end times theological study than any other subject next to Calvinism and Arminianism. Okay. Now, I probably care the least about what you think about the end times. Of Any other subject, right? Like, I uh, like you're a dispensationalism. Cool, I don't agree. Fun, yep. let's have a party and hang out and cool. Um, as long as we can just agree what we're passionate about, and what we're not, and where we're going to divide, but we've already agreed on that. We're fine, we're That's okay. Right. We love each other, we're, we're we are united in what is really most important, and we're also very opinionated. So, here's what I really believe everything in the Word of God is there for us to examine, to study, to think through. God would not have spent so much real estate in scripture. Yes. Writing about how things are going to pan out in heaven and hell and all this stuff and the end times and an antichrist and abomination, desolation. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he, from Old Testament to New Testament, he spends so much real estate on how things are going to pan out. Here, Here's what I believe every Christian needs to do. We need to really think about it and hold our interpretations loosely. Yes. <laughs> but really find the main things. Uh, it's going to be bad. Jesus is going to come back. And if you trust in him, you go to heaven, and then you end up in a new earth forever. Right. And if you don't, then you end up in a new earth away you're from him trouble. and yeah. hell. If you don't trust in Jesus, yeah. you're going to be in trouble. It's going to be a judgment, right? So we're all on the same page with yeah. like the big things. But these texts are amazing, and they are so cool. So what I tell people is, it doesn't make me think more highly of you when you're just say, oh, I don't like to think about that stuff. Not at all. It's fine if you
1: don't want to think it about makes it. i me but- concerned that they would not look to scripture. They would not look to the Bible to find out what is God's plan for the future. And here's the beauty in where I'm sitting and the way I'm thinking about why should I study eschatology? Why should I study what God says about end times? And I I say this to people all the time. It's because if you'll study that, you will see that we have a God who has a plan who will make this plan come to pass. He will make sure things unfold in his plan and in his way. Mm -hmm. We may not know what he's doing, but we know that he's got a plan and he's going to do it. Yep. And God doesn't waste time. And we
0: can trust him in that. He's not like, I'm going to put 40 chapters of scripture in the end times because I'm bored and I don't want anybody to read it. Like that's not what God God does. He's not doing that at all. Yeah. So some people will say, okay, but Michael and Tim, um, you went to seminary. So you have an edge. And let me, I want to be really clear. Sure. The vast majority of my study of end times theology and of Calvinism and Arminianism happened before I went to Moody Bible Institute. Uh, seminary was helpful, Mm -hmm. but honestly, we didn't spend a lot of time in seminary or Moody talking about this stuff. It was actually pretty minimally, like we talked about a lot of other stuff, believe it or not. And as a lay person who was not working in a church, it was just a normal dude serving in his church, going to college, doing my thing. Um, I studied these things because I wanted to know what God's word said. And Mm -hmm. I knew going into them conclusions might be impossible or hard on everything, But God didn't waste time writing these and inspiring this. So I wanted to at least familiarize myself with them. So now as a person starts to read the scriptures, it's, I don't think it's very plausible to study issues in today's theological climate without knowing the words. Yes. Yeah. You need to know the words. Now they're not in the Bible, but we use them so that like, for example, if I say dispensational, I don't have to say. I don't have to write four paragraphs in ten books. I already can. I already know. You know what it means. It's when you I say I'm an evangelical. I don't have to explain my doctrinal position on everything. It tells you the minimal of what mm-hmm. you need to know. So, like, if you're going to study Calvinism and Arminianism, well, if you go on Google in about one minute, you, you can, can figure out what it means. It's not that hard. Uh, and so, some words you're going to have to, I believe, know is what does eschatology mean? Right. Mm-hmm. It means a study of last things. Yeah. What is premillennialism? Or what is uh, a tribulation or the second coming or the rapture or the judgment? As soon as you have the words, now you can start to say, okay, I have this category of what they are. And when you read the scriptures, you can say, which one of these is this talking about? Right. What is it consistent with? And that's, I think, a really helpful way. But most people get lost in the terminology and they don't even begin to open up the scriptures. They're
1: afraid. Yep. Yeah, as soon as they hear the term, they're afraid. I can't get that. It's it's like talking to a doctor,
0: and a doctor starts using the medical terms, and it's like, oh, I can't figure that out. Well, yep, yeah, you can absolutely. There there is a uh, really helpful term, and I want to help people just get one one simple thing, and then we can go on to the next question. It's called systematic theology, and don't again, don't get lost in the vagueness right. of the words. Okay, all systematic theology does is it takes a subject, and it it pulls out all the relevant scriptures on this subject, so you can get a global view of what God thinks. It's like drinking. Or sex outside of marriage or whatever, you know? Right. And uh, so I want to have a systematic, organized, let's call it organized theology Mm -hmm. on these issues, okay? And just so we're clear,
1: there's a biblical theology, which is what does the
0: Bible say about
1: this verse, chapter and verse. Right. And then systematic theology is, it also takes church theology. What has the church taught on this subject? And then systematic theology
0: takes those two and puts it in a organized package. Right. So if I want to know what is the church, what is a the systematic theological approach to drinking, okay? Well, here's how I start as a light person. I go to Google and I type in the word the Bible and drinking, mm-hmm. and I look at all the scriptures. And then I can go in and say, like, uh, I can type into Google, um, different positions in the church on drinking, right? And I can say, okay, here's what the Bible says from beginning to end. Here's how Christians have interpreted it and I put that together and I'm yep. like interesting that is a view of drinking. Now what my view is is going to come out of this study. Mm-hmm. Systematic theology is actually one of the most tangible things that any layperson can study. Most people just don't know what to do mm-hmm. with it, you know. And I I could in 5 minutes sit down and tell you here's how you do a systematic theolo- theological study of any subject. And because the internet is right in front of your face, you have incredible resources to make this go as fast as you can. Or you come to me or you and you mm-hmm. say, "Can I borrow your systematic theology, theology book and it goes topic by topic, by topic. Yep. and it shows you every scripture on that topic, the his, the history of interpretation, how the church has understood yes. it for 2000 years. Uh, and uh, the author of the systematic theology will tell you their perspective. Their perspective. And it's super helpful. It yep. is so easy. So you can just bypass all these things. Go get a book from us. Wayne Grudem's systematic theology. One of the best. I believe it is, is, is the most, tangible for the lay person to read yes every major issue every word we're talking about you can go there and you can figure out oh what does the church believe about the tribulation Mm -hmm. tells you what the word means shows you all the scriptures tells you how people have interpreted it tells you the strengths and weaknesses of the interpretations yep because no interpretation is impeccable and uh and so i would tell people if you don't know where to start in end times theology uh, learn some of the terms, talk to a pastor, get a systematic theology book. It's actually, people aren't going to believe me just by hearing me talk about this. It is one of the most fun and beneficial It reads, really is. As long as you don't read it from beginning to end, because <laughs> it's about a thousand pages yeah, long. Yeah, not joking. It's,
1: it's not intended to be read cover yes, to cover. It's a resource book. Yes.
0: And so I flip to the table of contents and I say, I want to know about angels. Yep. And I go to the chapter on angels and it says yes. from Genesis to Revelation, here's everything it says on angels. What has the church understood about angels historically? Oh wow, this is how the church understood it in the fourth century. Interesting, mm-hmm. that's cool. And I can see how that has evolved. And I can say, oh, these are some strengths and weaknesses. And super helpful. Super helpful. I would tell people there are two issues, uh, big time, if you want to have your soul encouraged. One would be the Calvinism Arminianism debate, and the other would be the end times theology. Mm-hmm. If you want to live as a functional, relevant human being, you're going to have to understand. You're going to have to do to theology
1: somewhere on those two
0: subjects. Yep. If you really want to like really be relevant culturally, you're going to have to start studying the sanctity of life, gender, sexuality, and marriage. Yes, Those are like six big issues that I could tell people jump into. And if you can read a systematic theology on those, you'll be able, you'll be better equipped. You will enjoy reading them because they're super interesting subjects. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining
1: us today, listeners. Please come back next time when we are going to continue at, uh, answering questions that are on the theological realm. And the question for the next time is, what is the difference between commending and saving faith?